This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Today's podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. They're my neighbor. Been in business since 1902. The craftsmanship, it's made here in the States. It's got a tremendous amount of history. They're not really a marketing company. They're a knife-making company. I love Buck Knives. They have a whole line for the backcountry. Check out the Pack Light series. They have the Alpha Hunter, the Alpha Pro. I run all those when I'm elk hunting, when I'm deer hunting. So go ahead and check out Buck Knives if you're in the market since 1902. All right, guys, welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast. We are live and in person. These are my favorite kind of podcasts. I I don't love doing Zoom ones or on the internet. It's just, this is better. Right, I agree. Thanks for coming down today. We, uh, this is Sam Rogers, guys. He's uh, met him five years ago at Oak Shape Camp. He came in. Uh, that was the first camp we ever had Joel Turner at. Right. And Joel was on one that day. He was so <laughs> mean to you guys. Um, we made a YouTube video about it, and it still gets comments to this day. It's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, Sam and I had a plan to go make a really cool recovery video at his joint in Coeur d'Alene and uh life happened Sam tell us why we didn't go do that <clears throat> yeah shameless plug that place is called heat praxia and as of a couple of weeks ago we're out of business a water pipe above us one floor above us in the building we're in burst and literally flooded it flooded three businesses but we got 90 percent of the, front at the bottom of all of it yeah and so so we're in the uh, we're in a battle with insurance, which is always fun if anyone's ever been through that. And then trying to figure out how do we how do we regroup? Do we rebuild where we were? Do we rebuild in a new location? Do we scrap the whole idea? What do we do? And you know, we're not sure yet, but we're trying to figure it out. We want to rebuild because one um, sauna, cold plunge studios, contrast places are popping up all over the U.S. If we don't do it in Coeur d'Alene, someone's going to soon. I know they will. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a market there. People love it. So, yeah, I think we're going to regroup. I always say with uh, with business and life, I'm too dumb to quit. 
And that translates well into elk hunting too. It's like something you just got to be too dumb to quit. And eventually you might, uh, you might succeed. So that is the name of this podcast title. Too dumb to quit. This yeah. episode is going to be called Too Dumb to Quit. Well, let's dig in on that for a second. And okay. if there's any awesome lawyers out there, man, reach out. Because, like, check this out. Like, you have two businesses above you that were affected by this, correct? Three businesses all on the street level. Okay. So one to our left, one to our right, and then us. Was the upstairs vacant where the pipe burst? No, it was in the floor between second floor and first floor, a water pipe. First, okay. just that little cold snap Who's we got. Who's the um, probably really old rich guy who owns <clears throat> multiple real estate probably right, is my right. guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> getting checks from tenants. Uh, who owns the damn building? You don't say his name, but is there one owner that owns there the There is, yeah. There's a family that owns the building. They haven't been horrible, but they also haven't come forward and been like, let's get you guys whole again. Let's make this happen. So, yeah. Which uh, hurts a little bit, but especially, you know, you've... You've been a really good tenant. You've run a really good business. We've actually, our business has brought a lot of value to downtown Coeur d'Alene and a lot of value to that particular building and, and business owner. So yeah, you know, well, the landlord to me, like you own the building, it's your asset, right? Which also means it's your liability in the, in the same breath, you know? So it's like, that's your pipe. It broke. These are your tenants that you are very profitable every month. Cause you've probably owned this building for years. Mm-hmm. It's probably paid off and it's probably a nice little slush fund. Right. Uh, so I don't know that kind of stuff makes me mad. I like when people do right by their tenants, especially right. if your tenants are like paying the rent every month, bringing in a good high clientele. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, dude, I agree with you hundred percent. It's when you break down life from logical terms, like you just did, it's like, okay, this is what should happen. And this is what should, this is what makes sense. Yeah. And I found that very rarely that's the way it goes Yeah. is you just end up eating it sometimes. And I hope that's not the case here. We're, you know, we're hoping and praying. We're all people of faith and we're like, all right, Lord, you know, your will be done. It'll all work out. And, and maybe, you know, sometimes bad things happen. And as it works out in the end, you're like, oh, this was actually, this was actually supposed to happen to get us to where we're going. Yeah. And like I said, we're, we're, my business partners and I, we're all, we're all very optimistic. We're all very determined humans. And, um, we're just kind of, it phased us for a second. And then we were like, oh, okay. Shrug our shoulders. Let's regroup. Let's go. Cause that's all you can do. I mean, otherwise we sit, complain, be the victim, all that crap. And that's just not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Us, so. so let me paint this picture for this place. Like heat praxia. I went there with Alicia and it's not like this, like old dungeony. You walk in and there's a bunch <laughs> of old fat naked dudes. No, you walk in and there's like this tunnel and there's this lighting and it's a vibe as the kids would say and there's like infrared rooms where you can get that treatment you got your sauna rooms there's cold plunges and the aesthetics it's the vibe like you guys did you made it feel like it's a little bit higher end um it keeps out the riffraff yeah and people that are showing up are serious about this is a part of their well well well-being program protocol 100 percent, yeah and that was you know it was it even before, you know, before the flood, but whenever I would walk in that place, which was just about every day, every day I would take a breath and be like, I honestly can't believe I have anything to do with this place. It's, it was shocking. It was so, so beautiful aesthetically. And then, but even more than that, the, the testimonies of literally life-saving stuff from sauna and cold plunge, people with high blood pressure a month later, doc takes them off the meds, people with 
I mean, uh, all sorts of depression issues yes. off their meds from cold plunging and getting in the heat. And so that was the biggest pay payback was even if we never make a buck from this business, that's fine. People's lives are changing. And so that was really the payback. And then to make a buck at the end of it would have been nice also. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's it would business. be. Yeah. I think the, uh, the the sauna that we went into with you it was kind of like our own private little area which right. was cool it's not like it doesn't feel like a like a health club yeah like i i grew up working at health clubs so sure. like i just remember like some of the weirdest people would hang out in a steam <laughs> sauna anyways that's not like that like everything's kind of compartmentalized so we had our own area we got in that sauna with you and got to get to know you really well with my wife. We had great conversations for like 15, 20 minutes. And then we were all soaked in sweat and we're like, Hey, let's go hop in the cold bath. Right. Right. And all the blood goes rushing to your core. Yeah. You're in there for three minutes. And then you're, Hey, let's get back in the sauna. And we're just going right. back and forth, dude. I know that works. Yeah, it does. And that, you know, that's the, really, that's the authentic finish way to sauna is in here. Like what I'm seeing in America is, Everyone wants a protocol, right? They want to go, okay, you're going to go 12 minutes in the heat. You're going to go two minutes in the cold plunge. You're going to repeat three times, almost like a CrossFit workout, right? Yeah, Where like you've a prescription. got it on the board. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. If, if that's what people want to do, cool to have a protocol. But really the, the finish way, the lifestyle of sauna and health is get in there till you're super hot and maybe get a little uncomfortable and then go, you know what? I think I'm going to get in the cold and do that for a couple minutes, maybe a minute, maybe three minutes, whatever. And then get back in the hot and it just becomes a way of life. It's this thing we do. And, uh, you know, I felt that once I started, when I started using sauna five, six, seven years ago, somewhere in there. And it was honestly through Joe Rogan podcast. He started talking about it and I was like, Dude, that sounds legit. And then you start researching health benefits and whatnot. I immediately felt a difference in how I felt mentally. And then my joint pain too. I, I know it was taking away inflammation and so that just became like a part of my, you know, two, three, four times a week doing that. And yeah, but, but then my mom passed away this last year and she had Alzheimer's and that was a long, you know, crazy battle. And the, the long-term studies out of Finland show that regular sauna use decreases chances of Alzheimer's dementia by almost 70% across the board. And this is people, they're even, they're even taking people who are smokers, people who are drinkers, not necessarily people who are in great shape. And they're like, there's no dementia in Alzheimer's for the people who consistently use sauna. So that's, I mean, it's wild stuff. And, you know, as you and I, you're, you're a lot younger than me, but neither one of us is a 30 year old anymore. And we're thinking that's for damn sure. Well, we're thinking we still want to be able to climb mountains in another 20 years. We want to be able to pack an elk out 20 yep. years from now. And then I'm thinking about, you know, my dad just turned 85 and he's pretty fired up to bow hunting with me this year. You know, 85, the dude still does pull-ups, push-ups every day, puts the treadmill on level 15 dude, and walks for half an hour. He's a beast. I mean, that man, he blows my mind all the time. And, and so he was really primary caretaker for my mom till she passed. And so now he's like, Hey, in September, you better be ready. Cause I'm going to be right behind you. And I'm like, dude, oh let's gosh. do it. Let's do it. And, and so my goal this fall for Montana hunting is get my dad an arrow into an elk. That mm -hmm. would be rad as an 85 year old guy. Dude, that would be guy. the best thing ever. That'd be so cool, right? Oh, that's my dream, yeah. Sam, is to be kind of um, a threat to elk right. in my 80s. Cool. I, that's you it. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I do. You know, I won't be able to do what I can do right now, no. uh -uh. but I mean, right. it doesn't matter. I mean, elk hunting is what keeps you alive. I remember I posted a story two days ago 
at the time of the recording, it'll be a couple weeks, guys. You probably maybe saw it, but on Instagram, I posted my friend Dave Rimberg. He's like 73 or 74, and he's packing out my bull. Yeah. And I just remember awesome. it was a it was a North Idaho bull, so it was steeper and shit. Uh-huh. And uh, we were it was the last load. And I remember being like, Dave, um, I don't know if you should pack this out, man. And he literally, I've never seen him mad except for that time. He was like, You don't understand. The day I don't pack this out right. is the day I'll never be able to pack one out again. So his mantra was to always be packing elk, even if it wasn't his, so that he could keep so doing it. So he could it. do it, yeah. And I just had so much respect for that. And that was 14 years ago. So I was 28. I was your right. age, Jeff, over there. Right. And when I saw that, I mean, it stuck with me. And here I am, 42, looking back going, <laughs> he's freaking right, man. He is. You just got to keep packing. Yeah. Well, you got to be too dumb to quit. Yeah, too dumb to Well, it's, uh, you know, we, we all know the, the adage of use it or lose it. And, th- and that's my dad with uh, doing pull-ups and push-ups every day. Yeah. He's like, he told me this was 20 years ago. He was like, son, can you do a pull-up? I was like, yes, sir, I can do a pull-up. He was like, then do at least one pull-up every day, and you'll never not be able to do a pull-up until one day you fall over dead. But you probably did a pull-up that morning. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, that's, it's actually, you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. perfect logic. Like, hmm. just keep doing stuff, do yeah. whatever you can do. I love and, that. Uh, yeah. I, I saw I saw a thing I can't remember where this was recently that a poll showed that in America past the age of thirty the majority of Americans never run a sprint or jump again in their life not even jump off the ground and so this guy was like I jump once a day he was like that's three hundred sixty five jumps a year at least I jump one time a day yep. and I run a sprint a couple times a week and I was like and it, to me that, you know, I'm kind of like you, like uh, fitness is a thing. Like I just want to keep doing it and it makes me feel really good. So I still run sprints all the time. You know, I'm 53, but sprints make you feel alive. I think that's the best yeah. workout. Have you ever seen an Olympian sprinter fat dude? They have the best builds on planet earth, they right? Do. Yeah, they do. Sprinting works, right? It does Full body everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to be able to sprint if your life depended on it, like, right. You know, to go save somebody else's yeah. life. Uh, so we sprint a lot, especially when the weather we're getting close to where right. these doors come up in the gym guys were podcasting in the old gym, but let's go back Sam mm-hmm. to five years ago. You signed up for an elk shaped camp. I know I was in my infancy of doing camps. I'd probably only done a couple at that point and I knew they were pretty like, I don't remember if yours was super fitness based, but I do know the very first couple I did was damn near 99% nutrition training, right. injury prevention. Um, but you signed up. I don't remember. I do remember you at camp. I remember Joel lighting you up quite a bit, but take me back five years ago. You come to this camp, you, you had elk hunting pedigree uh-huh. and you came and you knew probably when you signed up that you were coming to my deal and you probably could tell I was a pretty intense guy. Like, very intense right, to yeah. the point where it turns some people off and I totally get it. I, I just can't help it. You know what I mean? I'm intense about elk hunting, but yeah. take us back five years ago. Where were you at in your elk hunting career? Yeah. Five years. Yeah. When I came to that elk shape camp, so I grew up in Montana, but when I turned about 30, I moved to San Diego and I was For professional volleyball. Yeah. I was, yep. I was chasing a pro beach volleyball career and I won't even tell the story how I got into volleyball in Montana because it's not a guy sport there, but Long story, ended up in San Diego, and I was there for, yeah, I was there for a long time till 2018 or 19. Right. Yeah, and that's when I had little kids now. I was married, and I decided I don't really want to raise my kids in San Diego, so I was going to take my wife to Montana, 
And we came and visited Coeur d'Alene. She fell in love with this place more than any of the other places I took her. And um, so I was like, Coeur d'Alene, are you kidding me? Let's go. And Let's so go. it was three months later we were living in Coeur d'Alene. And uh, I had found someone to run my business in San Diego. And so I got here. And honestly, I knew a couple people that I knew from like a Bible study we were in. But that was it. I didn't know anyone who elk hunted up here. I knew a lot of people in Montana. But I had been watching uh, Elk Shape since maybe I don't even know when you started, but 2012, 13. Yeah. Even before that was every now and then you would post something elk shape and yep. somehow I stumbled on it on YouTube and, and I think I got on your email list. And so you were going to do an elk shape camp right here at Spokane Valley Archery. Yep. And, and selfishly, I was like, I'm going there to meet Dan. I'm going there to meet hopefully a few other people. Yeah. And I can have, you know, uh, some archery community and other people around here. And that was, it, it, it wasn't at that time as much to learn about elk hunting. Cause I had grown up elk hunting. Yeah. I think at that time I'd killed about 10 elk with a bow and that's you know, a lot. By I, the way. I'd killed a lot with a rifle before that. So I'd kind of broken the code of how to kill an elk with my bow. Yep. It took me seven years of bow hunting to yes. finally get an arrow into an elk. <laughs> I feel like, you yeah, chasing elk for years and, and thinking, it can't be done. It can't be done until finally it was the easiest thing in the world. And it was like something clicked with how to call, how to move in, how to do these things. And I was like, Oh, how to do 177 yeah. <laughs> things right at the right time, at the right time and have the wind right. Right. Oh yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I ended up, did you meet some people? Oh yeah. Yeah. Adam and Josh Ivy became real good friends with those guys. Got to know you better. Yep. And then, you know, over time you and I have just, sparingly stayed in touch with each other and a few things collided and, and, uh, we're getting to know each other better. And then, yeah, through that, you know, it just kind of grew and meeting more people, which is, I wasn't necessarily looking for hunting partners, but I was just looking for other people the rest of the year. Who do I shoot my bow with? It's good. To, that is such good a good people. point, man. I know I've touched on it, but like, it's the community that you, right. We don't advertise that you get signed up. You didn't know that you were going to meet the Ivy brothers. Right. right. And right. exactly. Now one of them runs one of your things yeah. for you. And you guys have shot archery together and elk hunting together. And it's just, it's these relationships in life that what are what last. Yeah. hundred percent. Cool. Because otherwise it, it's not like, okay, had I met no one in North Idaho, would I still shoot my bow all the time? Yep. yep. Would I still go elk hunt all the time? Yep. I would still do that, but you're just kind of feel alone. You're like, am I the only guy that does this kind of stuff? Yeah. But, uh, so it's cool to know other people, but I did, you know, the elk shape camp, I did learn some things. One, I did not, I would have sworn I didn't have target panic. I mean, I would have put money that there is nothing that can shake me. You're not going to get me off target. You're not going to get me to punch a trigger. I mean, I would have sworn that until Joel Turner showed me that uh, you have a weak mind, dude. <laughs> and I, that honestly, that really woke me up to the fact that what have I been doing all these years? And it, has it just been luck or, you know, what is a controlled shot, the whole thing. And he, re he really changed how I shoot a bow a lot. Mm. And I, I'm, I'll, I'll forever be grateful to that. I liked the elk shape camp one. I, I don't know if anyone ever brings that. I liked the fact that you had a financial planner guy there. Yeah. And my finances, there was a time when I was chasing the volleyball thing that I was so far in debt, dude, because all I was doing was putting airline tickets on credit cards, flying to Florida and Georgia, playing tournaments and never, never making winnings back. But I was chasing the dream and I was way in credit card debt. Yeah. And it was my dad who actually was going to build a house in Montana. He was like, you come up here, help me build this entire house. I'll wipe out your credit card debt, but I'm not paying you to build a house. So I did that. I took four months and helped him build a house to be debt free again. 
and I learned my lesson. It was like, it's a damn good lesson. Yeah. Man. Budgeting is an important thing and never getting too stretched. And, uh, but the fact that I can't even remember the guy you had there, Jeff uh, Bynum, Jeff Bynum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the super cool guy. Yep. Um, Jeff Bynum, shout out to you. I follow you on Instagram. You're yeah. Hero. He's but, a good follow. Yeah, he, he seems like a good dude, but, uh, but just, he broke it down to like, and you and I were talking in your house before the podcast about, uh, how expensive a pound of elk meat turns out to be oh, yeah. is, you know, by the time you put trucks, bows, campers, tags, everything you do and all time. year. Yeah. You might as well go buy a bison or a cow. Yeah. If you're looking to save money, you're not going to save money, but, but it's the experience and it's the challenge. Is yeah. what I mean to me. That's and what it's what motivates is. me to do all this stuff right. we just did yeah. today. Right. We went and shot bows at the archery range. We'll talk about in a second. We just did a terrible workout. Right. I don't really have interest in doing those things if I don't have a why. I'm you know what I mean. Hundred percent the same so way. Yeah. And you know I don't know why people. Why does the budgeting thing get overlooked, Sam? Like, elk hunting is so expensive. Right. And how can you justify going in debt or putting things on a card, especially if you're married and have kids, right? so that you can selfishly go elk hunt? I know that might make some people mad, but I'm just speaking the truth. Like, man, elk hunting is kind of a, a way of life slash a luxury item. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't pay your mortgage, you're in trouble. Right. If you don't go elk yeah. hunting, you're not in trouble. A very different thing when uh, for... Uh, and I've heard you say in the past, like you had, you had quit jobs because sure. the boss wasn't going to let you off in September to go elk. Gold's gym Boise. Yeah. <laughs> Fact check. <laughs> now, I quit for elk hunting. I've, I, I quit jobs because my boss wouldn't let me off to go to a beach volleyball tournament. Yep. I quit jobs because I couldn't get it off to go elk hunting. And that's honestly when uh, one of the things that to be an entrepreneur and run my own show, which, so you can take time off when you want. But what people don't understand is, you know, the Cam Haynes must be nice. It's like they don't understand the hours and the effort you put in the rest of the year yeah. to get that time off. Yep. And they don't understand what the last two weeks of August look like, all the scrambling you do to try to make sure things are lined up for the time you're going to be away. But uh, back to the budgeting thing. Yeah, like you with one, at least for me, once I'm married and with kids. The whole game changed. Yes. Financial game changed in my life and priorities changed in my life. It's like Complete I'm shift. Yeah. So it would I give up elk hunting if there was no money to take care of my family? Absolutely. I'm trying to never get in that position. Amen right? to that. But I yeah, never, I never. But but it's like the priority changes. So everything at home and life with kids is got to be lined up and dialed in. Wife's got to feel OK about me being gone for X amount of days. And it's been, you know, I've been on few years ago, the year before I moved up here, my buddy and I, Steve, who's a owner of two of the companies, actually three of the companies that I'm partnered in, in Coeur d'Alene, he and I left like beginning of September, drove all the way to Montana. We both have Montana tags, 20 straight days, never fired an arrow at an elk. And it was, time was up. So we went back down, but Montana has a, that long archery season, right? I get home and honestly, I was moping around like a baby. I would be. And as well. after two days, my wife, Kelly, God bless her soul. She goes, she goes, you, she's shaking her head. Like, no, she goes, you want to go back, don't you? And I go, yeah, I don't, I want to go back real bad. And she's like, all right, here's the deal. If, if you go up there and don't kill an elk, she goes, you are not allowed to come back and have a bad attitude 
for a year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's fair. And I said, I said, if I don't kill an elk, I'm going to be a joy to be around if you let me go. Right. And, and I'm kind of the man, like I, she always goes, you just do what you want anyway. She goes, you I've don't heard you, that. She goes, you pretend you ask permission, but she was like, you were going to go anyways. I was like, yeah, I was Sam, we got some stuff in common. But yeah. Here. But she gave me the, <laughs> she gave me the red light and thumbs up and that meant everything. And we drive 24 hours straight back to Montana. The next day, kill two six point bulls in a four hour time frame. And we're on our way back to San Diego. And yeah, I'm sending her pictures. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me. Unreal. I was like, dude, it was a magic day. October 3rd. Bulls, you bugled. They came running. And I was like, I don't know what happened that day. But there must have been cows in estrus. I mean, how many days it have you had? It felt kind of a long time, Sam. You're 53. Right. How many days on one hand can you count where it was magical? Where you right. could just go, yo! <laughs> and, and they're coming. And here come. Yeah, like maybe two or three in, in 30 something years. Thank God you went up. back, man. Oh, right. I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy. I don't know what was going on with those elk, but yeah, it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. We shot one in the morning, packed him out. Three of us in one trip. It was like three and a half miles to the truck, get there. And the guy who tagged that one, he was like, well, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to the locker in town. He's like, you guys ready to go? And Steve and I look at each other. We're like, Hey, can you pick us up about three hours after dark right here? We're going back up because there was three or yep. four bulls bugling up there. So we turned around, hiked three and a half miles uphill again, took a little nap. And then that evening, yeah, my buddy Steve, he called and raked in this bull to 18 yards and whack. Yeah, it was That's amazing. epic was, story, dude. dude. Best, best day ever. Dude, yeah. So we went to the range today, man. Have you ever shot Spokane Valley Archery's little 3D course? Only one time before, a year it's, ago. Yeah. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's awesome. And we totally don't shoot it normal. I never shoot it the same <laughs> way. I just right. go up there and just kind of make stuff up. And it was so much fun today, man. Yeah. It was uh, yesterday when you said we were going to go out there. I'm looking at the weather forecast. I was like, dude, we are going to get drenched. Turned out beautiful day. Sun came no out. Wind, no wind. No wind. No yeah. no rain. It was perfect. And like about forty degrees. So yeah, it was forty two when I pulled yeah. up. I was like, no way. Uh, Epic. Pretty cool to shoot three targets in right. in February. It's not very common. Uh, shot of the day for you, in my opinion, was that mountain goat at like uh, it wasn't sixty five. It was further. It was eighty. You're right, no. eighty yards. Was yeah. it eighty yard yeah. mountain goat? Uh, second mountain goat. Right. One on the right. You just I watched it through my binoculars. Just. Smack! I think you caught the 12 ring or yeah. at least the 10 it was a beautiful shot. I said, dude, that's on video. So nice. I can't wait to show that part. Right. Don't um, show all the bad shots, huh? There was not. You <laughs> shot great, man. You're a good shot. Um, yeah. What bow were you using? That was a PSE Mach 30, the new carbon bow from PSE. The, this year's bow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been, the last, I don't know, four or five years, I've been shooting the PSE carbon bows. And I, I honestly, I like them. I love that cam. And I like how stinking light they are at, yeah. for hunting. Yeah, it's just your your shaving pounds off, but uh, I've I don't know I get along with them well and shoot them. Decent, you had the so. uh, the quivalizer on there. Do you hunt with that? I did. Yeah, I did last year for the first time, and uh, the Ivy Brothers got me into that. Yep, got me to try one, and I like it. It does. It works well as a stabilizer, a front stabilizer, and it carries your arrows. I think it's a little awkward 
getting the arrow out of the quiver, you kind of have to, so it's a little awkward and I keep thinking about how I could mount it or change it. And then sometimes I'll run, you know, like a tight spot quiver on the side and run yeah. a stabilizer out front, sometimes a side or back bar. But like you, I've been messing around with what I think will work best for hunting. Yeah. And, and it's, it's an evolving door until right. you're like yeah. absolutely confident. Right. You know, and I'm kind of like I, for hunting, I set my bow up honestly as light as I can get it. Yeah. Like I just want it ultra light. Cause most of the time I'm just carrying it around. That's yeah. what elk hunting is. Right. Yeah. You're bow hiking. You're yeah. bow hiking. Um, yeah. you had a, was it a Hamsky Trinity rest? Yeah. A uh, hybrid hunter, I guess. Hybrid hunter. A couple years old. Yeah. You had a black gold, three black pin, gold, five yep. pin, three pin slider. Slider. Uh, -huh. uh, you shot, uh, oh, you shot the, uh, hinge. No. The thumb button, Joel Turner's. Yeah, the the Onyx click, click, the clicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I I've always hunted with uh, index. Yeah. But I set it up. I think kind of like you do, like very short. Wrap your whole hand around it and yeah. pull through. But what I found is, is when I get in the heat of the moment, I don't do a lot of pull through with an index. Sure. I get my <laughs> I get my pin on an elk See, and I, I whack. Yeah. Send it, yeah. and I often don't even remember yep. what happened. And so this year, you know, and then, uh, I've shot a hinge before I've shot thumb buttons and practice trained. And then I always have switched. So this year I am committed. I'm hunting with the, the click. I've been shooting it pretty good. I think you have I'm, two. Yeah. I have two. So you're a backup. Yeah. I got a backup. Yeah. And I actually got, there's a, a company, I can't remember archery, something products, AOT that has a little, a little clasp thing. You can yeah. actually put it on your bow. Cause that was always the problem too. I'm like, yep. I got to put this thing in my vinyl pouch and then I'm going to lose it. I need to it. do one of those. Sam. So I got one of those little deals. I haven't and done that. That yet. way it will always be on my bow. I'll never forget it. It's on there. So I'm into that. Yeah. I think it's um, a good Tell idea. me about your arrow too. Like I know you're shooting with um, a target arrow, like a oh, right. yeah. XX 23s. I think they're 23s. So but what was your hunting arrow in that? I saw your hunting. Oh yeah. So, so what is I've that? been... Man, that's been four or five years ago. I started shooting those day six arrows. Oh, okay. Yeah, day six arrows. Um, I like them. I mean, they're they come super straight. They're really durable arrows, and I think the overall with a hundred grain um, broadhead or field point, those are four sixty five grains. Nice. And so I, uh, I've never gone much heavier than that's four, a four mil, right? Yeah, four yeah. mil. Yep. So that's kind of my like I'm. I'm middle of the row with weight and you know, I've always shot a hundred grain broadhead, mostly iron wheels the last five years, but, uh, somewhere like 440 to 470 is where I like the, that's where I've been. That's yeah. where I've been the most. And I, I understand the super heavy arrow thing. I do. I yeah. think penetration wise. Yeah, it makes sense. But trajectory wise, I think it's horrible. And, and, you know, I have a 28 and a half inch draw link, so I'm not like super You're not long. very long. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like that 450-ish, a little heavier, and penetration has not been an issue. Like, I'm getting pass-throughs on most things, so I'm happy So we were talking that. on the range. We were both kind of, like, comparing notes with iron wheels and blood trails and right. recoveries, and it seems like we're both on the same page as far as, like, we're both going to probably try wides this year on elk. Are yeah. you going to go 150 wide solid or, like, 125 vented wide? I don't like the vented iron wheels because they're, they're loud. so loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuck. So yeah, I'll go solids on those. I have, I have some of the, actually the hundred grain vented they make. Okay. I, I have some of those and they shoot. I mean, they shoot really well, Yes. but they're loud. Yes. And so I haven't used them for hunting. 
So I don't know. If I go the solid, I would probably, I'd probably bump up to the. I think you can get the, the, the wides solid if you do that Snyder core. Okay. Glue in. There you go. For your four mil. Don't quote me on that, but I know I was talking to Bill actually yeah. last week, and I was like trying to get him to make a one twenty five wide. Solid. <clears throat> Solid. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and Bill's tough. He's stubborn. Yeah. But I can bend his ear. Um, I mean, if he listened to me, mm -hmm. we'd have a three blade out by now. Right. But we don't. Yeah. So here we are. But yeah, I do exactly. think he said that it's one thirty five total total weight okay. with the Snyder core, which I I think that's yeah, a good. That's compromise. not bad at all. So. Yeah. That'll be cool. And then we came to the gym. Right. And we worked out. And I asked you, I was like, yo, Sam, what do you do for workouts? Give your answer because I thought it was beautiful. I'll try okay. to remember, paraphrase what you yeah. said, but it was perfect. Yeah. So um, I'm not on a specific program, but I here's the, here's the boxes I check every week is at least once a week, sometimes twice, but at least once deadlift heavy for me. So work all the way up to like three reps, a three rep set, same with squats. I'll go heavy for me. Same with bench press. And usually bench press, I do dumbbell presses, um, overhead press, and then I do a lot of pull-ups. Um, some rows, but more pull-ups. And then uh, do core stuff every day, although I found out today that I don't do enough core stuff. We did so many sit-ups in this workout we did that I'm going to be sore. But I try to do, yeah, either leg raises, uh, sit-ups, something every day for core. And then uh, there's, I live right by Canfield Mountain in, in Dalton Gardens, Coeur d'Alene. So if there's not snow, at least two or three times a week, I'll run up and down that mountain a little bit, half hour run up. Um, and then I try to mountain bike some. But yeah, just something every day and try to hit the weights in some way every day. And Love I do it. have, like I told him, I have the puke bike, the, what do you call it? Assault bike. Yeah, bikes. assault I bikes. I call it the puke bike because like that. that's the, you know, the, the most I've ever puked in a workout is from that thing where you just get to the point where like, yeah, your body can't take it anymore. Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful yeah. definition of what works for you. Right. I think you check a lot of boxes. Sure. I think for 53, you're in blank good shape. Like I would I swear that. I'm trying to swear on this thing, but dude, I was really yeah. impressed. I'm like, dude, I took you through a terrible workout today. It was hard. Yeah. Uh, you did awesome, man. Cool. And you recovered fast. Yeah. Uh, you're in better shape than guys half your age. And, and so here's my opinion. That doesn't say a lot about me, but it says even less about them. Yeah. Sorry guys, if that's you, but we have a, we have a problem in this country. Go. It's I want a it. huge problem. Give it to uh, them. And I just, I, you know, I, I look around and I'm like, yeah, I hope no one takes this wrong, but I'm a I fan. I hope they do. I'm a fan of fat shaming. And, and I even like my wife does think I'm crazy. Cause I do this weird thing every morning I get out of bed. And I stand in front of a mirror without my shirt on and I fat shame myself, even though I'm fairly lean, I, I'm fairly lean and shredded, but I tell myself, I'm like, you fat mother, you're going to get after it today. And I bet, dude, I've been doing this for 20 years and <laughs> it's just derogatory punishment. And I'm like, you, you're too fat, bro. Get after it. <laughs> but, oh but this God. is like, this is, I, if, He's serious. If, if no, I'm dead serious. I do this every day. And here's okay. I've I have some other reasons for that. Is yeah. One, I think that everything starts on the physical level, and I think it gravitates deeper to a spiritual level. So there's things like a commandment in the Bible. Jesus said, "Love your neighbor." Right. So if you don't, he said, "Love your neighbor as you love, as yourself. You love yourself." And last I checked, <laughs> y'all love you some me. Right. I love me. You love it's me. It's a lot harder to love other people. Oh. Now here's the point. If you don't physically 
do the thing that shows your neighbor love, help them, help them do this, whatever it is that they need, you can't spiritually love someone. Yeah. So if you don't do the physical, you can never get to the spiritual level. And it's the same thing with, that's why I start with the physical. I look at myself and I'm like, get your buddy in gear, dude. And uh, I'm with you, you know, if barring something crazy happen, I really, I really want to still be living this life 20, 30 years from now. I'm like, maybe I'll be the oldest elk hunter ever. Without that'd exception. Be, that'd be that would amazing, be awesome. Right? Let's do that. Yeah, so. dude. <laughs> I, I mean, I, to your defense, honestly, like the fat shaming yourself, I'm not sure if that's the best practice. <laughs> no, Obviously that works for you. It probably isn't. But here's the truth, yeah. man. Like, uh, I'm trying to be a really good parent. Right. right. I, and everyone wants to be that. Like it's a real cookie cutter thing to say to be a parent. You can't be selfish. Right. Right. And I tend to be a pretty selfish person. I'm pretty self-absorbed in my self-absorption of elk hunting, fitness, right. working out. I make freaking YouTube videos for work and podcasts. Like it's a lot about Dan. Yeah. You can't do that and be a great parent. Right. Okay. So I'm trying to have that division there, that line. And then I'm looking at my kids ages seven and nine and I, and I'm, they're getting to that point, Sam, where I'm kind of like, okay, have I screwed up? Mm -hmm. Have I screwed up so far? Cause I see a device in their hands mm. and I see them on a device for three <clears throat> hours. And, and I'm like, there, that, there's something like, when's the last time you kids went outside and played? I don't even hear kids. Like I live in a neighborhood, right? There's kids here. You wouldn't yeah. know it. Right. Where are they? Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> so I am very concerned about mm -hmm. the couple generations back, man. There's going to be some serious consequences to all this technology. I am freaking Dude, out. Yeah, you're uh, you're preaching to the choir, hundred percent. So thank God, my my wife is even stricter than I am on device stuff. Oh, she's like me. I'm oh, the strict one. Oh yeah, she's house. like she's like my kids. We you know we have laptops at our house, but they don't have phones. They don't have iPads. They don't have we don't have video games. We don't have any of that. It is get outside. We have a trampoline. Yes. We have a ping pong table in our house. We play a lot of that with the kids. And but the problem is more is caught than taught. And what happens is they see dad. That's me. I'm the guilty one in of of my wife and I. I'm on my computer way too much watching elk shaped videos shamelessly, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, do, I, do. No, I get mean. sucked into that vortex and I work on my computer. Like all my work is coming through my phone or computer. So I'm on that a lot. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm asking myself, I'm like, man, I I've at home, I have to be on this less so they don't see me on it. Cause they just want to do what dad does. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm trying to figure that out. My wife har harps on me a little bit about it. And and I'm not mad at her about it. I, I'm like, same here. I want her to harp on me because, because I, I'm the same as you. Like when, when we were kids, you know, and again, I'm a little older than you, but I know when you were a kid, we were out on our bikes with our buddies. We were out running around. We were playing baseball or football in someone's yard. We were, we were never inside. Dude, Al Gore hadn't invented the internet when I was a kid. Nope. Yeah, exactly. And their advent of Al cell Gore. phones. I know. Yeah. Just shout out Al. <laughs> That's lovely. What up, Al Gore? But for real, like, yeah. uh, we were, the technology didn't exist and we didn't need it. Right. We didn't need it nope. to thrive. And so I am, my takeaway from our conversation is the caught, not taught statement. That line, mm. that punchline is really real with me because a lot of my work is on a computer right. that edits at a high speed. I have another computer over here for work. Gotcha. Yep. I do everything on social media a lot through this. And then I got this young 
guy over here who works with me right and is the lifeblood to how much content quality content we put out yeah and i'm trying to taught taught him <laughs> to like shut it down at yeah. five because right. i'm the worst yeah me too and uh he's a lot like me like we could just work he loves he loves what we're doing and right. i love what we're doing yeah. and it doesn't feel like work yeah and so there's we got to be careful right and then our kids see us so right. Damn, that's a good point. Sam's busting it out, man. <laughs> it's 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 a hard dilemma because, you know, there's 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 so many times a day where I want to take my cell phone and throw it out my truck window. Yes. Because even okay, here's here's how guilty I am. On the way driving from the archery place to your house. Yes. I caught myself five times looking at my phone. Yes. Texting someone. And yes. I'm like, dude, are you insane? Are you stupid, Sam? We are on a freeway. Yeah, we're on a freeway, <laughs> right? And I'm like, just because you're following the guy. But yeah, and it's like, it's, it's, I catch myself all the time and it's an addiction. Yeah. I, this device, but it's not, it's obviously, it's not just you or I. It is, it's an entire society of people. We're all addicted to these things. And so I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about it a lot. Like, I've got to put boundaries on myself to be like, okay, phone and computer go down at whatever time. Yes. And I'm not going to touch them till the next morning. It'll be waiting right? for you It'll tomorrow. It'll be there. Right? Yeah. And, but we're, we're in such a fast paced world. And when you're running your own business, yeah, you want to respond to people really fast. Yes. Especially, you know, I'm in sales and it's like, so someone hits me up, like I'm on it within 30 seconds. I'm like, first, first guy wins in this in you're this not wrong dude and you're so, not wrong so it's really hard and i know that causes my wife pain and frustration sometimes because she's like you're never available and i'm like god you're right but how do i so it's that balance right that's like all the financial responsibilities on my shoulders so i need to make this happen but at the same time what good does it do at the end of our life and marriage if i let's say i closed every sale and i had millions of dollars and i didn't have time for my wife or kids. It's like, yeah, You'd it's, be poor. this is the balance, right? You would be rather, very poor. Yeah. I'd rather be fiscally poor. Yep. So there is a balance though. Like we can do it. We just have to put those boundaries on ourselves and, and make, you know, as, and I'm not a, I've never been a law abiding. I don't mean I'm a criminal, but like laws and rules. And there are some kids like my oldest son. It's like, here's what we do in this house. These are the rules. Boom. He will never break a rule. He's a rules guy. And then there's my youngest son. Every rule is meant to be stretched, broken, bent. And honestly, he's wired exactly like yeah, dude. he's wired exactly like that's I am. me. Yeah, me too. Sure. I'm like, okay, I see that, but uh, there's let's, go, let's test let's it out. It. There's a yeah. workaround. And so um so yeah, I'm I'm that guy, like always <laughs> pushing the edge of like, well, da, 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 da. damn Sam, we got a lot in common. Yeah, we do. In a we bad actually way. Do. we but you, we need boundaries and you know, like you said earlier, like you're pretty intense. Yeah. And that's what my wife says about me. She's like <laughs> God, you're just so like, you're these things. You're so intense about them. That's all you think about. And I'm like, yeah, I blame elk hunting, man. I actually right. didn't like, I didn't grow up very intense, but like when I started getting my teeth kicked in by public land elk hunting, <laughs> I like, I hated failing. Right. It was like the first thing yeah. in my life. I just absolutely like, besides, you know, maybe a slump in baseball. Sure. Right. But we all get a slump buster where you can't really say that on this podcast, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Baseball's a good analogy where like it's a game of failure. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Archery elk hunting is a game of failure. Yeah. But when you just keep coming back year after year and getting your teeth kicked in, it made me more rigid in what I was willing to do right. and participate and pour energy. Yeah. And here you are now in your forties, not you're in your fifties, is like I'm in the most intense 
like tunnel vision dude ever because I know what I want. And I want archery oak success and I know what it takes. Right. Yeah. So I think, did you grow up intense or did you get, did elk hunting have anything to do with making you so intense or entrepreneurship make you so intense? Yeah. I, I grew up competitive. I don't, it was, I was born competitive. And so like all I thought about as a kid, all the way through school was sports. That is it. I sat in and I, all the way through college, I was telling my wife the other night, I sat through however X amount of lectures in college. And all I was thinking about was body position for passing a volleyball, how to get my feet to the right spot. Where am I going to hit that ball? Like it was just, just and, visualization. And, and so now it is weird, like uh, visualization all the time. Uh -huh. And I was like that. My first love of sports was basketball. And as a kid growing up, it's just all I thought about, all yeah. I thought about. And so I've always been for whatever it is I'm chasing. And I, I remember before my wife and I got married, I was very clear with her. I said, I just want you to understand who you're marrying. <laughs> I will always be chasing something that I'm trying to get better at and be successful at. I was like, it may change over the years or whatever. But, um, I did tell her, I was like, but hunting elk is going to be a constant until I die, constant. but I'll be chasing whatever. If I want to ride a mountain bike to the top of that mountain faster, like if that becomes a thing, like I'm going to be all in on it and it's going to be pretty annoying for you. Are you okay with someone, someone weird like this, you know? And so, yeah, I was surfing a lot when we first got married every morning, 6am up out the door before work in the ocean. And yeah, like, that's a good life. I remember six months after being married, she was like, are you seriously going to do this every day? And I was like, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yep, I sure am. I was like, this is the only reason I want to live in San Diego. Nothing else makes sense here for me anymore. So if I stop doing this, I am out of here immediately. How did, how did she respond yeah. to that, man? Yeah. She just kind of, she, she's pretty mellow. She looked at me and just like, kind of like, yeah. And yeah, I think it, it really dawned on her at that point that, okay, this is who I have decided to live my life with. And, uh, but she's pretty, she's pretty stubborn girl too. When she digs her heels in and makes up her mind, yeah. like she's not, she doesn't bend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, they, she's like when she, she's all about what's right and what's wrong in life. And so she decides like, this is the correct thing to do. There's, you, That's what's happening. you are not bending her off of that path. I like that. So man. It's, yeah, she's pretty, she's a cool chick. Women are something else, man. It's cool that you found a bride that <clears throat> makes you better. Iron sharpens iron, and it's not to make you happier. I've said no. it before. It's to make you holier. Right. Uh, I think, <laughs> which sounds like both of us need a lot of work at getting holier. I think we uh, do. <laughs> but the last thing I want to talk to you about yeah. uh, after the workout was what your new side hustle, kind of main gig now. Obviously, yeah. I'm still rooting for heat praxia. Uh, you have other businesses that you're involved. You're a busy guy. You're an entrepreneur. But yeah. Talk about that last project that I might even dabble into. Yeah. Tell us the audience about that. I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah. So, uh, my, one of my business partners, his name is Joe Cruz. Hey Joe. Uh, he has been in the sauna industry for a long time. He was like head sales guy for several sauna companies for a long time. And he, he's sauna is a small industry worldwide. If you're in it for 10 years, you know, everyone who's anyone. Sure. It's, it's, so Joe knows everyone worldwide. Yeah. And, you know, so he and I were the kind of the brainchild of heat praxia. We were like, you think we, you think Coeur d'Alene is ready for a business like this? Da da da. Turns out it was, it's a great success. Um, but we built heat praxia. Every sauna had different lumber, different sauna specific lumbers. We built it as a working showroom. 
because we knew people were going to be coming from out of town or a little bit too far away to have a membership or wanted a sauna at home. And we would be able to bring them through here. We'll comp you a visit to Heatpraxia. Check out all these saunas. You wouldn't want something like this at your house. Turns out everyone wants something like this at their house. So we started this company, Symmetry Sauna, where we're one of really three companies in the U.S. who, at least on any large level, will do custom design, build, install, or even just sell you all the equipment you need to build your own sauna. And we'll send you the build kit, elevations, how-to, and we're on phone support to help you or your contractor build your sauna. So we're doing that nationwide now. And then we actually have build teams who do everything local for us. You know, Spokane, North Idaho, Idaho, Montana. We'll go build those ones. But, you know, I just sold one to Florida a week ago. We're not going to build that sauna in Florida, but he's got a good contractor and we're going to guide his contractor through that process. So custom sauna is, it's just a huge thing right now. Like this is, we got a, re, a report from house.com that said last year, sauna interest in the U.S. was up 250%. This year, they think it's going to be up another 800% for in-home saunas. So it, it does feel like we started a company, you know, a couple years ago, this one, but at the right time for yeah. sauna and cold plunge. Yes. We're partnering with a couple cold plunge companies. Who do you recommend on the cold plunge front? Because I am in the market for a sauna. I'm in the market for a cold plunge. Yep. I've done ice baths so many that I just, right. I get annoyed with people showing ice baths because I feel like prideful Dan's like, dude, I've done 500 ice baths in my life because right. I had to. Yeah. I took a big break from them because <laughs> I just had done them so much, but um, they work yeah. so well. They're undeniable. And who do you stand behind as a good, like at home? Right. Maybe the cheaper version, maybe the nice mid-range, maybe the high end. The water's floating. It's at yeah, 32.9 yeah. degrees, <laughs> and it's filtrated. Yeah, let, uh, yeah, let's run through it real quick. For, starting on the what I would call the bargain end, there are uh, one, of, one of our business partners. There's four of us that own Symmetry, um, and we're all totally different human beings in what we're good at. That's cool. So it's the first time in my life I've ever been part of any companies where I have a team because yeah. it was always just Sam running a business where you're wearing 12 different hats and you have to do every, so it's super cool with symmetry. I'm just the sales guy yeah. and I freaking love it. I talk to people, but so we're, we're partnering with a company called blue cube and they're out of Oregon. And I would say they're probably the most high-end premier cold plunge company. Okay. They just installed, they just installed one for Tim Kennedy, yeah. MMA UFC guy this week. Um, then he reached out about a sauna. So him and I are talking about saunas. They just installed in Joe Rogan's On It gym in Austin, Texas, Blue Cubes. So they're but but their cheap stuff are fourteen thousand dollars for their cheap cold plunge. Right. So very high-end, aesthetically beautiful, and they work awesome. Um, but most people are like, okay, that's, that's out of the ballpark of reality. And I understand that. So then we have another company called breathe degrees, like take a breath, breathe degrees. And they're out of San Diego. They have a couple locations where they do breath work, cold plunge sauna. Um, but they manufactured their own. That's more in the six to $8,000 range for a breathe degrees. And those are super good in home units. And then on down the line, we, yeah, so we just had a partner look up the other day. How many cold plunge companies are there now in the U.S. that are selling cold plunge? 1,200. Yeah. 1,200 different brands 
on the market. So in the past two years, two or three years ago, there was, there wasn't a hundred. I mean, no so way. It's, yeah. It's, it's blown up. This is how fast it's blown up. So there's everything from, you know, go to your local tractor supply company. That's what we did. Get a trough, drill a hole in it, yeah. hook up your own chiller. Yep. And you've got a legitimate cold plunge that actually filters water, works well. And it's going to work as well as 90% of the stuff on the market. Yeah. It just won't be as pretty. Yeah. But it's more, I mean, for me, it's, I would rather have someone doing that than just don't do it. It's yeah. function, you know. If I was to do one right today, I mean, I would go buy, I saw a Grizzly cooler that just came out. Yes. You see what I'm talking about? Yep. Where it's like literally, I don't know what the liters is in it, but it's like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Size of, I would just fill that sucker up, throw some bags of ice, especially where I live, <laughs> where you live. It's, we have cold temperatures from yeah. November all winter. till yeah, April. All, all winter. The, the well, that ice cold. is going to stand yeah. there and I can just hop in that thing. It's funny you say that, the Grizzly cooler, because we met a dude, he lives in Arizona, who is taking grizzly coolers and he's retrofitting them with their own electric chiller on them yeah. and filter yep. and he's and he's selling i believe he's it. doing great too yeah. and those are like a thousand dollar option or something yeah, exactly. where you never have to drain the water or change it and so there's so many things you can do but you know suck it up get in cold water and then are you guys doing like low like uh we'll call it the bargain kits for people, for schmucks that listen to this podcast, like what if somebody wanted to just uh, maybe not have a custom, but like just they want a good, decent sauna. Yeah. They're into the contrast. Right. They see the benefit. What do you guys offer stuff like that? We do. Yeah. So we don't go. So we, we don't go what I'm going to say, China dumpster diving. And I, what I mean by that is I like that the majority of all your infrared freestanding modular saunas, they're all manufactured overseas, and the majority of them are built with toxic woods, toxic wood glues, super high EMFs coming out of those heaters. And you can take an EMF reader and measure it. That in sounds like sauna. a terrible anti-health yeah. so idea. So you, you're literally getting toxins while you're supposed to be detoxifying. And those are the ones, um, I don't know if you've ever heard, like a brand goes to Costco or Home Depot to die. Right. And so once you're in those places, it sounds like, oh, that'd be great to get in there. Right. But that's where you go to die because what they do is drive the price low. It's a race to the bottom. And so the stuff you buy at Costco, I hate to say it, is it's the Walmart Costco junk, your $1,900 sauna. I would, that I would rather have you not sauna to tell you the truth. I love it. Tell um, us the truth. So the kind of the lowest thing we have is we're manufacturing our own infrared sauna and it's also a combo so we have a small traditional heater in it and infrared so you're getting benefits from both yep. and that's 6500 bucks yeah, out the door to the house and they're they're beautiful little things you can take them apart in an hour move them to a house if you move set them back up in an hour they're really easy to do but that's you know for us for symmetry that's as low as we're we already decided that's as low as we're ever going yeah one price point to the quality is really good. We can't, you can't go less quality without turning into junk. So yep. that's where we drew the line. And then all the way up to, um, Joe just sold a sauna to a guy in North Carolina for $170,000 is what yeah. that one's going to cost. Yep. And it's a, it's one of the coolest things you'll ever see. It it's be. a work of art. Yeah. That's also a sauna. Yeah. It's wild. So the, the range runs, you know, people call how much is a sauna? 
I'm like, well, 6,500 to right now, 170,000. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment, where, where do you fit? And What's so, the website yeah. so people could check it out. Uh, SymmetrySauna.com. Okay. You guys, yeah, we'll leave a link in the show notes. Are you on Instagram? I am uh Samster Rogers. Samster. Okay. I'm going to put a link to yeah. that just so people can oh, check out with you. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to follow my Instagram. This was a fun day, guys. So basically, Sam and I were going to go do recovery protocols at his joint. I will keep it in my prayers, but I think, like you said, you have the best attitude. Like something good's going to come out of this. Yeah, you, for sure. And with your yeah. entrepreneur spirit, <laughs> Sam's going to be all right. Um, and maybe we'll have you back on in a year, find out about what happened with your biz, That'd be how cool. Symmetry Sauna's right. doing, and how your elk season went. Right. But the elk are in trouble, man. I saw you shoot today. You're fit. <laughs> you have elk knowledge. You know their behavior, their biology. You know where to go. It's just the elk are in trouble, brother. Well, we, we can only hope. I mean, yeah, every, we, we talked about it. Every year you kill an elk and you think you got it figured out. And then after two days of not getting a shot at elk, you're like, this could, it's not going to happen. This is impossible. I, I, the, the, How did the, I ever do yeah, it ever? The, the demons in my head start talking to me yeah. and they're like, you're ne you can't like, it's too, it's too hard. And it does. It, it feels impossible. I say that to days. myself yeah. every, every year. year. <laughs> How did I ever kill an oak with a bow? I don't know how I did it. Right. Yeah. And then it, it just comes. If you stay, I do tell like newer, newer bow hunters. I'm like, you will get multiple opportunities. If you could take the whole month of September yeah. and you're committed to getting up every morning and being out there all day, you're going to get your chances. Don't worry. Fact. Yeah. Like you're going to get opportunities. Elk are, there's enough elk out there and you'll catch one at a bad moment and the wind is right. You'll get your chance. But you know, if you have two days to go elk hunting, good luck. It's tough. Right? Yeah, it can be done. Right. You killed real early last year yourself. Right. You yeah. know, but, um, guys, this was fun for us, man. Sam, we'll check him out. We'll leave this links. Um, be like Sam, take, take good <laughs> care of your family autonomy in your own schedule. If that's something you need to be an entrepreneur, gamble or bet on yourself. Um, follow his fitness philosophies as far as just, man, I got to do this. I got to do that every week. And there's just boxes to check and he gets the work done. He shoots his bow. He's a good shot. He's a family man. He loves Jesus. This is our kind of people, guys. Thanks for listening. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Today's podcast is brought to you by MagView. I think this is the best digiscoping solution on the market. Made in America, lifetime warranty. No silly phone case for your phone. It's a little magnet strip that goes on the back of your phone or your phone case. And it comes with an adapter for any of your glass binoculars or spotters that protects it. It's easy to use and operate and you can trust that your lifetime warranty, it'll be a lifetime investment.